0: welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Ventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm here with my beautiful, wonderful, Marvel-loving wife, Michelle. <laughs> Hello, sweetie. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> so good to have you with us today. We are recording this episode on Sunday, March 10th, 2019 and it's just uh, been another exciting week for us.
1: It sure has Um, in looking at all the things to talk about today I was like oh my gosh I hope this doesn't end up being another one of those marathon Episodes because there's just so many exciting things that happened this week. Right.
0: It's been another crazy week crazy. in the Disney universe, in the Marvel universe, just everywhere. It's just been a fantastic week, and we can't wait to talk about it with you. But uh, thanks for joining us today. In the future, you can find us. Pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts. If there's somewhere out there that you notice we are not, please tell us, because we'd like to become a part of that if possible. You can also find us on podcast.com That's our own website. Matter of fact, we released a, a review this week, a written review on there, because we saw... Captain Marvel a little early, so mm-hmm. we wanted to get that out there before the screenings actually happen for most everyone out there. But uh, we also have all our podcast out there, and we're gonna have we're gonna be adding to it as we go along, just trying to gussy up that <laughs> website a little bit more. Good term, honey.
1: <laughs> like it. Yes.
0: You can also find us, of course, and subscribe to us. Better yet, on iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Stitcher.
1: Right, and we also would love to hear from you all. Uh, in terms of these podcasts, we'd love a review. We'd love to get some feedback. What you like? What you'd like added on? Switched up? Let us know.
0: How can we come to become the best podcast possible out there? We would love to hear from you and let us know what we do right, what we don't do. Maybe not ask quite right, like saying words like that. <laughs> what can we using do to, gussied up? Yeah, <laughs> yes. What can we do to? Uh, reach out and be better with you and I think uh, you know that was showing my age there and using the term gussied up and I was noticing when I was going through some of our brackets that we're we are doing some brackets with some other podcasts out there so uh, fun. Uh, Theme Park Thursday with at Dillo's Diz, uh, Monday Morning Monorail yeah. Podcast, yeah. Uh, Diz Flicks and Tidbits Podcast all have these brackets out there and I was noticing as we're going through there I may be dating myself in some of my answers on, on <laughs> our responses out there uh, at Frank Dillo uh, you know uh, you're known as kind of the old guy in the Disney podcast community. Well, I think I got you beat, my friends. So uh, just letting no. you know, if you're if you're concerned about being the old guy, just turn it on to me. I'm okay <laughs> with that.
1: <laughs> I think you and I are the same. I mean, we've been doing the brackets together. It's been a fun, but hard at times. A little arm wrestling, coin flipping, yes. persuasion using techniques. But um, I do think that we tend to go with the classics. Right.
0: We just much. tend to sway with some of the tried and true originals and as far as films, songs, attractions. Right. Just kind of the way we tend to go.
1: I think we look into it a lot deeper, maybe more than necessary. Like, yeah, oh, that was a do. first of doing this and that. Yeah, you know, if it groundbreaking, wasn't groundbreaking. Right, you know, if it wasn't for Snow White, there wouldn't be any other cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. None of
0: these would be on this list if it weren't for Snow White. Right. They wouldn't exist. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. uh, sometimes we go we go way too deep down the rabbit hole <laughs> on these things, but we're having a lot of fun out there with these brackets and maybe next year we'll do our own but we're having a lot of fun with those that are out there this year anyways uh, we have fun with all of these podcasts including a couple others that are coming up we're going to be actually appearing on a couple other podcasts uh, coming up this week uh, but we have a lot of fun with all these people out on Twitter and you can always find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast also we're on Facebook and Instagram at Hyperion Adventures Podcast and if you ever want to contact us ask us questions let us know what you feel just want to say hi uh, you can always email us at Hyperion podcast at gmail.com
1: right and if you have a great story you'd like to share let us know you we can uh just relay it if you get in touch with us through gmail or and we'll give you full credit mm-hmm. so um please let, let us know if you have something interesting too, so we can share it with everybody else. That's Absolutely.
0: Listening. We have a lot of fun on these pages, and uh, we are going to get to a lot of that stuff coming out uh, in the future as you contact us. So, speaking of that, we got some great input on our last podcast. Uh, we had a lot of input on our 90s show, which was a lot of fun.
1: Right, right. We loved it. And uh, I want to give a shout out to part of our world podcast, and you can find them on Twitter at. At P-O-O-W podcast, part of our world podcast. (laughs) They're great. They're great. We love them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they gave us some really uh, great encouragement. They said, great episode, guys. Being 8 to 18 in the 90s, this was my Disney era for sure. I have fond memories of the park, Toontown, exclamation Mm. park, going to the theater and spending afternoons watching Tailspins, Darkwing Duck, Duck DuckTales, and Aladdin. You definitely got me all nostalgic with this topic. so Yeah, thank that was you. a lot of fun.
0: Yes, thanks guys. Uh, we, we love your show and we always appreciate you chiming in with our show. And right, right. We also got a, a tweet from uh, one of our OG Hyperion adventurers, mm-hmm. Dan Noon. You can find him on Twitter at High Noon 619 and he said, at Hyperion Podcast, movies I love from the 90s you didn't mention. Ooh, we couldn't get to everything, but unfortunately, some of these are really good ones. Uh, Tombstone, The Big Green, DuckTales, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, Blank Ch- Man of the House, Homeward Bound, Tom and Huck, uh, First Kid, Air Bud, and Flubber. Robin Williams strikes twice. In uh, <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. So uh, good for, and thank you for all for your input. Those were all great uh, things that, yes, we didn't quite get in there. Or maybe some we did, but uh, we had a great time with the 90s episode last week, and we're going to be doing more 90s today.
1: Exactly. And, you know, a shout out to Dan also about that Homeward Bound one. That, that really mm-hmm. was, uh, that's one of those also hidden treasures that you don't really hear about much, but...
0: Good, good story. Yeah, that is, that's one of my favorites, too. I, mean, yeah. I haven't watched that one in a long time. I, I might know. have to go back and find that one <laughs> right. and check it out. So <laughs> thanks for everybody that chimed in for our last week's show. This week, we have a ton more stuff for you, including Star Wars Galaxies Edge News, which information just keeps flooding out bigger <laughs> and better every single week. It's coming out at a breakneck pace. Uh, we'll have our recap of Disneyland After Dark. Like I said, more 90s, 90s nights. Yep. And there was an exciting Disney Plus update this week. But let's go back delving into the 90s. And that's because of our main topic this week is Captain Marvel, which came out uh, on the 8th. Yeah. And uh, we screened it earlier in the week. And we have both a spoiler-free... And a spoiler full review for you.
1: Right. We're looking forward to talking about this movie because it's spectacular. It's doing great in the box Mm -hmm. office. So really excited about that.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in just a second here. But so what we decided in the past, all our reviews have been completely spoiler free. And we're going to keep that going whenever we have a review that's like a couple weeks ahead of time before the movie comes out. But by the time you're hearing this show, there's a good chance you've already seen it at some point. So we're going to give you both options. We're going to go the first few minutes of this show giving it completely... Spoiler-free review. We won't tell you anything, and then we're going to have a very obvious alert to let you know we're going into spoiler territory. And then we're going to talk about all the real meat that happened within this film. We're gonna, like I said, we'll have an alert. We'll warn you verbally by ourselves, and we're also going to chapter it so you'll know uh, if you don't want any spoilers. You can go from one chapter straight on to our Disney stories of the week, or no, excuse me, to our Disneyland After Dark one, uh, and just go right to that, or wherever you want to go. That right. way you don't get it spoiled for you if you haven't seen it yet. But we just, you know, we felt like, for people that were listening to this either after they'd seen the movie this week or even weeks in the future, uh, that not doing some of the talk, that have, uh, the meat of the story was just not doing the, the review justice. Right, right. But again, we will give you absolute alerts, but we'll get started with our spoiler-free uh, version of Captain Marvel, it's, uh, the review. So uh, this movie, as you Michelle just said, it's doing great. It's doing great at the box office so far. Better than expected. A lot of them, people thought the opening weekend was going to be at one hundred and 30 million it's already on a pace for 153 million in the u.s 455 million globally and that's 89 million of that is in china uh it's it's looking like an 800 million to a billion dollar movie as we're tracking right now it's hard to say if this thing will have legs if the numbers will continue on but it definitely has a monster opening weekend
1: right right and you know i've heard that comment about whether or not it would have legs or not but you know after having seen it i I think that's going to be a pretty strong movie and one that we've said we're going to go back and see. So it's I think it will be pretty successful continuing on through over the next
0: couple of weeks or so whatever. I, I guess by the fact that Michelle's saying we're going to go back and see it, it kind of gives you a way of what <laughs> our review is going to be like for this film. And but uh, definitely it's you know, we loved it. We really enjoyed it. It's another Marvel great film fits right in with the rest of them. Uh, I don't know where you'd place it on within there, but we enjoyed it very much. Right, it's a marvelous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, can you edit that? That's no. really crazy. no, we're leaving that in. I'm sorry, you're going <laughs> to no. say something like that. It's in. <laughs> oh man, man, talk about choosing words. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's great. I love it. Uh, so it's an origin story that isn't truly an origin story, right. you know, which is the one interesting thing about it. It's also uh, an emergence of a hero. Uh, From a decade in the past, which is interesting. Um, You know, the the movie takes us through uh, Carol Danvers, who's also known as uh, Veers. Uh, Of course, she eventually becomes Captain Marvel in this. I'm not giving anything away by that. I think everybody can see that coming ahead of time. Right, right, right. And uh, Brie Larson, I think, does a great job playing her. She's got kind of this swagger to her throughout the film but at times you can tell that she's just not quite sure of herself uh which i think that role really needed sure sure you know very uh kind of a,
1: a complete picture because you also get to see um warmth and in, re- in terms of relationships with friends mm-hmm. and things like that so i agree with you it, you know uh, it has the, the the various components or side Sides to her personality show up,
0: right? Exactly. I, that's the way I thought. I, I thought there was just some little sly smiles that she would put out there, and just some little uh, minor movements right. that were really strong and right. and uh, conveyed a lot.
1: Right, right. Uh, I
0: thought it was really good. Uh, so the story begins. Uh, she's a member of an elite Cree military team known as Star Force, led by Jan Rog, who's played by Jude Law. Uh, their ultimate responsibility is to protect the home, their homeworld, the Cree homeworld, uh, and the universe from what is their goal. Galactic nemesis, which is the shape-shifting scrolls. Right, right. Um, and we won't go too deep into I'm that. Like, oh, I'm holding But my breath I just there. wanted to set that. I mean, <laughs> again, this is pretty much what we see from a lot of the trailers, and you kind of have an idea of what's going on there. But so this movie is you know, the interesting thing about this is it's and I think we've seen this from many Marvel films, is that they all seem to be connected in some way, but they're all very different universe is, and they, and they go at their films in a different way. I think it's kind of interesting.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's like it does have that common thread, but it has its own uniqueness, its own style and everything. And I kind of want to go back to uh, what you were just mentioning about her personality and the, mm-hmm. and the swagger and everything. And I think the trailers really emphasize that mm-hmm. and maybe not show the other parts. One might by the trailers take a look at it and think oh is she just
0: arrogant arrogant right
1: you know and just want to reassure people that that's not the, the whole that's not thing. the whole story yeah
0: that's not the yeah. whole story for sure right for sure so yeah that's a good point i'm glad you brought that up michelle uh so at uh, this marvel movie i was talking about it being different than other marvel movies Well, how this one is different is that i think this is the first like buddy cop Marvel movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, Brie Larson, who is, as we talked about, uh, Carol Danvers. Uh, she had great chemistry with Samuel Jackson, who is, of course, reprising his right. role as Nick Fury. Only quite a bit younger Nick Fury, which is uh, digitally done very well, I right, think. Right, right. Um, I, I, I mean, and without the patch. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's interesting. And uh, he doesn't. He's he's just an agent of Shield. He's not the director at this point. So he's out in the field doing things. Right. Which is right. Yes. So, um, I thought this movie. Had just the right amount of nostalgia. You, you totally knew this movie took place in the 90s. The soundtrack was fantastic, but it didn't bludgeon you over the head like trying to get every little 90s reference right, out there right. into you. It just gave you just enough to remind you every once in a while oh, yeah, that's right, this is the 90s. I right, forgot. right. Just a few hints here and there, yeah. you know. Uh, phones, phones, yeah, pay phones, right? <laughs> uh, the computers, you know, yeah. the dial-up internet right, stuff, exactly. you know, things like that. They were just the blockbuster, just things like that. They were just kind of fun uh, things, and there was also, a, it, as you would expect, with a Marvel movie. Uh, there was a good balance of humor, but it wasn't just like a gag fest, like joke, 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 joke. Right, right. There was a balance of humor, a balance of drama. I, I thought it re- really was magnificently done. Yes,
1: and we've seen that with other Marvel movies that have come before that. So, you know, it, it just – it fit the genre of Marvel very well and, and like I said, that common thread um, – but like you said, it, it it was its own origin story and has its own that uniqueness. wasn't an origin story. That right, that right. You know, which
0: is interesting about it. Uh. You know,
1: and obviously, you know, the big talk is that it was with the lead being a female role, mm-hmm. and you know, one of the things that you know, it was great to see an amazing storyline written, you know, for a woman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But when I was thinking about it, I was like. It's just really a strong story. It's
0: just a strong story. You know,
1: and one that you could easily have substituted that with a male. Right. You know, it still would have been a great film. So my question to you is, I know Marvel Comics have had some of the the characters be females that we see now in the movies as males, you know, like Thor and Captain America. But um, what other... Movie? Do you feel that they could have easily switched out the male lead to be a female?
0: I think virtually any one of them they could have, at, and many we will in the comics many of them at some point are played by female characters as mm. you were just right uh, discussing. Right. Uh, I I really do believe that um, I don't know if Iron Man so much, although right. um, that in the comics does happen. Um, I'm trying to go through them and think Thor. Son of Odin. I don't right. know if that's so right, much, you right, know. But yeah. again, another one that happens. Captain America. It kind of from the era it came from. Right. Although it would have been groundbreaking to have a woman come out of the forties right, as Captain as a, America. As a, I think that right, would have been fantastic. The war hero. Yes. Uh, I, I think Black Panther would have been interesting with a, mm-hmm. a female in that role. Uh, um, let's see. I'm trying to think of the ones that were the major ones. Yeah. Um, Seems like Spider Man
1: could have substituted. Sure been could have been woman, as well. the, the from same from Spider-Verse story. with uh,
0: Spider-Gwen right. and everything. Yeah. Right,
1: right. The same story. And even Doctor Strange.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking Doctor Strange. I was just yeah. about to bring that up, that Doctor Strange yeah, could so. have easily been a woman. Right, you know I mean, right. right.
1: But yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. Like, Iron Man, you know, the, I, I think that there's some... Cultural double standards. Well, there was some sort of if male. You take the same script. There and, was some
0: sort of male arrogance involved with Tony right, Stark that right. kind of made that role meaty. Right. Uh, not that that couldn't have come from a female person, but I think it, it just kind of needed to be that way to begin with. Right. And again, a, a, there's definitely a woman could take her place within that suit and there right, would be right. no problem whatsoever. Yeah. But I think, and as we've seen in the comics, that uh, any of these roles can be fulfilled by women. For oh, sure. sure.
1: I agree. Any of the roles. I was just thinking in terms of the movies and the scripts that mm-hmm. were written. Um, like I said, with, with Captain Marvel, it could have been either, right. you know, a female or a male with the same script. And, and I think there's just a couple others that, that, Marvel has produced, yeah. or Disney has produced under Marvel, that could have also done. Some I think more. the
0: the Captain America one would have been really interesting because we, you know, if you go to back to the original Captain America movie, uh, Captain America is a little uh, weakling. He's True. a ninety eight pound weakling, right, literally. Right, right, and, uh, and and then of course found he has a great heart he has a drive right, to want to right. do better to do good and he's found by this scientist who does gives him the serum which turns him into Captain America that could have easily been done right. by a woman and actually that uh, would have been
1: a pretty interesting like you wouldn't expect a strong physically strong female mm-hmm. in that time frame being in well, the especially military. the 40s, yeah. Right, right. And yeah, we so. saw a little
0: bit of that from Agent Carter within that sure. because they were even uh, cracking jokes at her right. during that film. And then she showed them what for a couple of times, Right, like, you don't exactly. mess with me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. And, we've, and so she was kind of gender bending and doing some groundbreaking stuff right, as well. Right, so, so. Um, but easily um, that could have been, she could have easily ju- also have been Captain America. Right, right, so... Interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, that was a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. It yeah, was a very interesting you. and thought-provoking point. I wonder what you uh, out there think about that, who could have, as a female role, taken over some of these parts. That's right, that's right. really interesting concept. I like yeah, that, Michelle.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, you could change the storyline a little bit, but just looking at writers mm-hmm. and, and directors and how they're taking these movies and could they, you know, fulfill it in a various, you know, gender-neutral, I guess, or gender-looking component of right. it so it's not everything is just always considered one way or more dominant mm-hmm. one way
0: i think ant-man could have been the same way as we seen with ant-man and yeah. the wasp i mean uh,
1: i was thinking yeah. that too the only thing is the daddy aspect i right. think really you know made him lovable
0: right and I you think- could have flipped those roles you could have had you, you could have had the woman be the one that takes over and then the, her, it's his son or whatever he's trying to protect. It could have easily been flipped in Yeah, in I guess in ways. that regards, yeah. yeah. True, I uh, could have just Good reversed point. those two roles, who, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp, it could have just reversed those two roles. And it would right, have been right, yeah. At least in the first film. True. Um, anyway, interesting topic, and I like you brought that up. I, we could have discussed that for a long time, for sure. Well, thanks. So, uh, but let's get back to our spoiler-free review of uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, we like the supporting cast. I thought it was strong anyway. Uh, Lashana Lynch as Marie Rambo, Ben Mendelsohn is Talos, the scrawl leader. Annette Bening is Supreme Intelligence, and of course, Goose the cat. Right, right. We love Goose the cat. <laughs> um, he stole virtually every scene he was in. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: That it was great, and you know, we can't talk too much about that, but um, we will in a
0: second. But yeah, not
1: yet. right, right. But yeah, definitely a great character, um, and and I just also love some of the names, and you know rambo spelt right r-a-m-b-e-a-u as if it was french but it's rambo cajun rambo (laughs) right (laughs) i love that love that um you know so i think they did a great job with some of these you know quirkiness of the Mm -hmm. names
0: yeah so um bottom line i don't know if do you have anything else to add before we just get down to the bottom line of what we thought of this film um no well no I don't think so. Okay. Well, here's from what I think. And I I think we kind of agreed on this a little bit. It was a little disjointed at the beginning. Maybe you thought it was a little sluggish at the beginning. Right, right. Um, But I think it picked up in the second and really, especially in the third act. and Mm -hmm. was really exciting, really great. Um, Captain Marvel, Veers, Carol Danvers is a wonderful role model for everyone, but especially for young women out there. She's a wonderful role model. Uh, It sets the stage great for avengers endgame thanos you're in trouble (laughs) i gave it three and a half out of four stars what do you judge it
1: yeah i would agree to that rating um and as you said i i when i was putting my notes together for today put that it was a bit wobbly at the beginning Mm -hmm. um in fact my thought when i was watching it was like oh is this going to be like wonder woman you know it's a Good story, you know. It's a good. Which a lot of movie. people love Wonder Woman,
0: you know. We didn't like it as much as other people, but a lot right. of people loved Wonder Woman.
1: Right, right. I mean, I enjoyed Wonder Woman. Glad to have seen it and everything. Thought it was a good movie. Just didn't think it was an exceptional movie. And that's what my concern was at the beginning with this one. I was like, Oh man, did they did they kind of fall short on this one? But all of a sudden, it takes mm-hmm. off and it just does it. You know just keeps going, and it's just amazing.
2: Yeah,
0: I loved it. Uh, I was actually captivated all the way through. I put it a little disjointed at the beginning, and I think it was a little disjointed, but I think Mm -hmm. that was partially intentional. Uh, We'll get into that in a little bit here, but uh, I thought that was partially intentional, but I understood your point of view on that. Um, but that's why I gave it three and a half out of four stars because I just I was engaged, I loved it, mm-hmm. and it finished off with a wow. Right, so right, I, exactly. I really enjoyed it, so, and there may have been tears shed by me because it's a movie <laughs> and I cry at every film I see.
1: I think I cried more after I think the you were credits. crying, laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, do I have to walk out with him? No, I'm, I'm just so kidding. I love you, and I'm glad that you have the, that that side of you. So, <laughs> very funny.
0: I'm. I'm a I'm an emotional wreck. That's all there is to no, it. I am an emotional no. wreck. You can appreciate
1: the uh, all the elements of a movie. So, so,
0: so that's our spoiler-free part of our review. But hold on, it's time for spoiler. Just warning out there, we got our spoiler alert coming up here. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yes. Uh, I just wanted to give you some warnings that there is a spoilers coming here. So if you do want to stay spoiler free, uh, I've marked the chapter from here on out. There will be no, you can go past it to the next thing when we're talking about Disneyland after dark nineties night, or we can go to Disney stories of the week, whatever you want to get to. That's fine. You won't have to store spoilers, but we are about to really talk about the meat of this movie. So if you don't want to hear them, go away now. Okay, now that you're still with us, <laughs> let's get to this movie and the meat of it. I'm going to start off right before the film even began. All right. And the Stan Lee tribute that was at the beginning was amazing. It
1: was, it was. In fact, I put that as, uh, you know, in my top three fun things about this movie, that was amazing. And, you know, you just, yeah, who couldn't tear up with that? I oh. mean, that that was just so cool, you know, and... and Well done. It was a great way to tribute Stan Lee. It wasn't, you know, over the top. It was just perfect.
0: And I, you know, I thought they would do a little something for Stan in there. Of course, I I knew that there was going to be another cameo in there, which there is, of course. Right. Um. And I thought that because I'd heard he recorded several of them, at least up through this. I'm not sure about Endgame, but I know through Captain Marvel he had recorded his cameo before he passed away. But and I knew there'd be another little tribute somewhere, maybe a thank you at the end, whatever. Uh, but the way they hit it with the the regular m- kind of Marvel uh, uh, logo unveiling where right. they kind of go through clips from films. But it was all him from all his cameos right. and all the films and all that stuff. And then a thank you stand right afterwards. Yes. And that was simply done. It was just beautiful. I right. loved it.
1: It was. That was really, like I said, very tasteful. Just, you know honoring a really great guy and and really did it in a, a way that I think he would have enjoyed.
0: And we were at a press screening and the crowd still cheered right, loudly right. for that moment. Uh, it was really just started out the film in a really great way, feeling good, Yeah, you know, but still missing Stan and sure. you know, being sad. But it was a Beautiful tribute to him. Now on to the real movie itself. You know, the interesting thing about this is there were some twists that we weren't necessarily, some of them were kind of uh, tipped on as you we were going along You right. kind of had an idea. But there's a couple other things you're like, eh, not so sure. I was expecting that to happen exactly in right. that way. Right, right. Um, I think the interesting part, one of it was that, and we went into this, and you questioned, you asked me about this okay. going in. You're like, okay, the Cree are the bad guys, right? I know, I because
1: said Because... <laughs> Trying to think about that when the movie was starting, I right. was like, "Wait, wait, I'm I'm so confused." But I didn't want to talk about it during the movie, <laughs> right?
0: So because we watch Agents of Shield, and of course the Kree are many off often in Agents of Shield, the bad right. guys in that. We saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. the Um, you know, Ronan the Accuser is a bad rogue Kree, right? And, and so we kind of know that there's been some bad Kree out there. My point of view going in was like, okay, well, she's part of this team. Maybe yes, they're bad in like human terms or in many other terms, right. or maybe there's some rogues like Ronin is a rogue uh Cree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what they're doing is like they're they're fighting against someone who's trying to get them to devastate them. Right. So, you know, from their point of view, from a certain point of view to right. give in Star Wars term, uh they were being the good guys in this. Um The twist in that was obviously not. Right, right, yeah.
1: Similarly, I mean, I I was looking at it as, well, maybe this was the beginning before they became bad and kind of Mm -hmm. telling the story of maybe how they were before they were bad. But, yeah, you're right. It was a a unique
0: twist to it. Right, and they even set it up where the scrolls, every scene you see with the scrolls in it, it uh, looks like they're the menacing people. They're right. being bad. They're doing bad things, and that's kind of. But that's because we're kind of seeing it from the Cree point of view. They're setting it up that yes, way, yes. Uh, as you find out later in the movie, that's not the case. Actually, the Cree are hunting them down and trying to kill them, right? Right. And wipe, wipe them out, right? And, and Genocide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely awful. Of course. Uh, so uh, interesting the way that twisted around. Uh, obviously, this is a story for women who struggle to find their place in the world. I think you wouldn't question it that. Right. It kind right. Of fits in with that. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel that this movie's for everyone. I feel that many people can relate to that. Women or anybody. I think it's obvious Ali, out there that you know this is what hits you is that you know women have these struggles out there, but I think everybody has these struggles. And that's why I feel when you see this film, it can, you can relate to it as a man, as a woman, whatever. Right. Uh, you can totally relate to it. You know, uh, the thing that they point out is a struggle for women, you know, controlling your, emo- men telling women to control their emotions mm-hmm. all the time, which is, you know, crazy. Right. Um, keeping your power in check as women, you know. Right, was, right. You know, uh, the one classic one was that, um, you know, she's, at the liquor store or whatever it is. And the guy rides up on the roller coaster. is like, you know, why don't you smile for me? You know, and everything. (laughs) It's a classic. Right. Just shady, creepy man talk. Uh, It's just terrible. Other things like women shouldn't be in combat. They weren't letting her. Right. And uh, Maria Rambo flying. Right, right. Yeah, combat vehicles. Um, It was just interesting to see this. You know, it's like all these things were striking against you. Um, making you not be the full person you are. And then she puts it together, comes out of her shell, and shows that she's as powerful, if not more powerful, than anybody out there.
1: Right, right. You know, kind of going along with what you're saying about, you know, keeping your emotions in check and everything, and, um, you know, him even telling her, look, um, you need to just, you can't use your powers Excuse me. You can't mm-hmm. use your powers. You have to just do you know, with your own brute strength or whatever. And it's like showing the insecurity of a guy that a woman could actually be more powerful or more authoritative than than he was. You know? right. So I thought that was interesting.
0: And I'm speaking on this, obviously, as a male. I mean, I'm sure you have a completely either similar... Or different point of view for me and it definitely hits you more at home than it does for me right
1: well i mean i i agree with you on that i again i think i just really like that it was it was something that it just didn't focus on her as a female right. you know it just focused on her as a person and you know and kind of try try to you know make it that Anybody can be strong. Anybody can have challenges that they have to get over, you know. And so, yes, I agree with you from the perspective of, wow, what were things in the, you know, you know, her history with the flying was actually in the 80s even. And, you know, what were, were women's considered typical roles at that time? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree that, it, you know, from a female perspective, it, it's great to see this unroll. But uh, like I said, I think I feel more... Happy and proud that it's such a great story on its own, and she happens to be a female.
0: Right. I, I agree with you completely. Like I said, to begin that this little part of it, uh, I think that this is, even though this is focused on maybe women and their issues, I think as men... Um, we have some of these issues ourselves, right. uh, you know, controlling our emotions. And uh, not that women have that right. issue. I'm just saying that there's perceived things. Maybe it's perceived for women and not for men, but we do struggle with that. Sure. I struggle for that many times, uh, controlling my emotions the right way, as right. I just talked about crying <laughs> through the film earlier, you know, um, being unsure of myself right. a lot. Right. Uh, and uh, I think it's a great, uh, yes, it's a great role model for women, but I think Kate, Captain Marvel is a great m- Role model for human beings, for people in general.
1: Exactly. And I know like one of the scenes that was a really touching, emotional, wonderful scene where it's showing how she gets up Mm -hmm. after all those failures and trials. And, you know, to me, it kind of also made me think of, you know, bullying and kids with bullying Mm -hmm. and how they, you know, again, this movie could be a role model of don't let those things keep you down, you know. You, you know, people may laugh at you if you fall or fail, but don't let their issues, their their opinion matter. It's what's inside of you right. that can really rise.
0: Well, I also think that you have a very interesting viewpoint on this because you are a, a, a woman who is at a very high position within <laughs> your your. Uh, employment within your job right now and that you probably have had to deal with some of this on on. And, and sometimes you know, and you've moved forward, you've gotten knocked down and you've come back and you've re- raised yourself to a very high level within the company that you work for. Well, thank you. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I do think, you know, I, I don't want to say woe is me. I, I think that, especially being a small woman, you know, or a short person, <laughs> um, also, you know, you tend to as you're going through, tend to look kiddish. Mm-hmm. And it's harder sometimes, even when you're, you know, like I'm in the medical field and I'm talking to doctors and everything, to come across that it is not just, you know, a little kid or, you know, that the, the information is just as valid coming from me, I guess. But yeah, I don't want to sound like, I don't want the no, podcast I'm, to feel like it's, but I agree with you. I'm it, just pointing out the
0: point that right. you experience this as many of you women out there who are listening to this every day uh, have experienced some similar things. And I think it's great that this is out there. I also think men... do experience this at times, but just not quite to the level that uh, we've seen women in society to this point. Yeah, no, that's true. And you know, the other thing I want to point out on this is that, yes, this has been brought up, and yes, of course, in within this movie, it shows a lot of uh, female empowerment. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's been brought up a lot in the media about how this is uh, a big, great time when one of the first few roles where a woman is taking the forefront in an action movie or everything. And I'm looking forward to the day when this isn't news. Right, exactly. When it's just like... Like oh here comes Captain Marvel. It doesn't matter who is playing right, Captain right, Marvel right. because women can do everything men can do. We have many times better. <laughs> uh, so you're
1: finally learning. I yes. Know. Yes.
0: There's no question Saying about that. Saying to you every day. Oh, I tell you, I'm, every podcast <laughs> I talk about how better your tip is than yeah. mine. I know that for a fact. Uh, you do no, things no, better than me. So um, I'm just ho- hoping and looking forward to that day when it's yes, this is a big deal and it's great for women. Um, I'm looking forward to the day when it's just another. It's just a great. It's another Marvel movie. Right. Right. We're exactly. excited for that. It doesn't matter who's leading the cast. Sure. And, um, and that, but I agree. Um, yay for this film! So good. I want to talk about also a secondary theme that I took. On. I mentioned this to you, mm-hmm. that is kind of a little more under the radar in this, but we talked a little bit ago about the Skrulls. Right. And, yeah, of course, they're perceived at the beginning from the certain point of view, as the bad people, the right. bad guys. Uh, the interesting thing about this is, and I think this is kind of an underlying thing theme throughout this film, is that uh, the prettier people, the better-looking people, are the Cree that we're seeing for the most part. Sure. Um, The scrolls—they don't the best looking to to fit in. They kind of got to hide. They got to blend in with the people around them. I think that's a statement. It's an undercover statement to what people are dealing with. You know, as far as okay, they—I don't look like everybody else. Right? No, um, I don't. I'm not the same weight. I don't have the, the pretty magazine model looks. Right, right. I'm, I have a different ethnicity. Whatever else may be, I think the Scrolls were stepping in as kind of that role within this that they had, you know, and then, you know, it's kind of perceived that you have to blend in with the people around you. Sure. And that's kind of like their, their shape shifting was kind of having to blend in with the people right, around Right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it was an interesting underlying theme within this film.
1: Right. I agree with you. And it, you know, um, I think that. When you again, I'm I i do not want to. I feel like this is a podcast that's supposed to be all fun and everything. But when you look at the issue of immigrants and things like that, and how they they're trying to feel like they're fitting in, I think this movie kind of talked to some of that. Right. Some of those struggles.
0: Right. And you saw a lot of that with immigration. With you know, it's all about the the Skrull's family. They're protecting right. their family and everything, and exactly just. They're just trying to find a place within this world, so whether they're refugees, whatever you want to talk about, and I'm not going to get into a big political statement about this at all. I just thought it was interesting the way this film was... Was put out there as that was kind of an underlying right, right. part of it.
1: Right. Well, as we're as we're talking about it, this film is capturing a lot of real life issues and how, you know, how to deal with them, mm-hmm. and they're doing it in a, in a comic kind of way, not comical, but comic setting. So it kind of helps bring to light some of these things, but but also it's bringing to light the positiveness of how to how to deal with that and mm-hmm. how to overcome the struggles related to that.
0: Right. Exactly. And, you know, just because somebody looks a little different doesn't mean they're not just like you, they don't have a family, whatever right, else the case right. may be. Again, I'm getting totally political. I don't mean to get political on this podcast, but I just thought that was an interesting underlying feeling sure, within sure. the film. Let's get to the more fun stuff, and let's get to Goose the Cat, also known as the Flurkin. <laughs> I know. Too funny. That's a Flurkin, Right. Don't get that thing around me. <laughs> I you mean, shouldn't have that in your lap.
1: <laughs> I mean, you definitely knew... That something more was to this cat than meets the eye at the beginning. So, I mean, that part wasn't, you know, unexpected, but just how it happened was
0: totally hilarious. Right. And then uh, the tentacles out the mouth. Right. The way, just like, <laughs> it was like, oh, I knew something was going to happen when they were talking about this is not what you think it is. Right. You expect it. But then when it actually happened, it still was like, whoa! And everybody's <laughs> no. cracking up and it happens again. <laughs> it's just hilarious. It I was. That was. Uh, Goose the cat was Great! I loved Goose the Cat in this film.
1: Um, you know what I was really excited about? Yes. I don't want to sidetrack you there, so told no, your thought. Was seeing Phil Col- Coulson back? Yeah. That was
0: awesome. I, 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 I was thrown a little by his his younger version of himself. Right. I guess because I'm just so used to uh, Coulson from, of course, the the original Marvel movies that he was in, but also we watch Agents of Shield right. as I mentioned before, and we're used to seeing him there, and so I'm used to seeing him so much, and it was a little, you know, as opposed to uh, Fury's look as right. younger, I, I was a little more extreme to me to watch to <laughs> see, uh, maybe because I, I I've known Cole, I've, I saw Samuel L. Jackson in movies when he was younger, so I know what to kind of expect, right? I Don't know how much Clark uh, Clark Gregg
1: uh,
0: that I've seen earlier, Coulson, Mm -hmm. uh, that I've seen earlier in this. So it was like it kind of threw me off a little bit, but it was just good to see him. It was just good to see
1: him, and you know, seeing a whole different side. I mean, like you said, from the other Marvel movies and Agents of Shield, he's very experienced. He's you know seen so many things. You know, and here you could see him for the first time. Really dealing with something he's not used to, and you well, know, he's kind very of rookie agent, right? You know? Exactly, and so that's kind of that was kind of cool too. Yeah,
0: no, I like that a lot too. I, I was good. It was good seeing. I appreciate that. Uh, so the finish of the movie, you know, uh, of course she leaves, keeps the scrolls safe. You know, she goes and fights off the Kree, fights off Ronan the Accuser, who's like, well, you know, he's like, I'm going to take you guys out, and he's like. <laughs> uh let's go <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna finish this fight so right. uh interesting and then she goes and leaves uh to go keep make sure the scrolls are safe leaves the pager that we saw in avengers infinity war at the end the pager that uh fury finishes out in the right. post-credits scene with her logo um we saw she did a lot of some things to it as, right you yeah. know little doohickeys to up. it yeah
1: I love the nod to Radio Shack.
0: Oh, I know. The Radio Shack right? nod. That, that was, was funny. Great.
1: Where am I going to get stuff for ra- or Communication, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Radio Shack. <laughs> oh, I just left the Blockbuster. Now I'm going to a Radio Shack. I know, right? Um, the the one thing, if I was going to be nitpicking mm-hmm. on this, and okay. it's the only thing that I could really find is, I'm not sure I really... And it really actually involved Monica Rambo, the daughter, mm-hmm. um, is that... She's playing an 11-year-old, and she's talking about Carol, her memories of Carol from six years before that. And I just, I felt like her memories were pretty rich for somebody who would have right. been like five years old or possibly just turned six mm-hmm. when that tragedy happened. So that, I just felt like, I, I think they built up a lot of what her memories were. I wondered if it was more, showing more, Maria. Uh, yeah, I guess. Maria, he- I can see memories. what you're
0: talking about. I think that she was just kind of that uh, bridge between the two of them there. Right. Um, I also think that, you know, possibly uh, Maria could have been reminding her about it. I mean, they had all the photos right. from her. And they right. knew her. I mean, you, you saw... Uh, her playing with her as a little girl, right. so she would have known her. But then, you know, Maria, maybe you know, maybe she'll look at the pictures like, "Oh, what happened to uh, Aunt Carol?" You right. know, and this yeah. dad, and that. Uh, Maria will remind her daughter right, about that. Right. So maybe that was kind of. What, but I understand just yeah. from the uh, that point of view uh, why it would look like that was a little bit of a hole. And right, why she right, would right. Know so much about her. I agree with that a little bit.
1: But like I said, I mean, uh, th- it didn't, you know turn my opinion from this movie being wonderful. It was just, you know, more as I'm thinking of some of the details of the movie, that was one that Mm. I thought of. Right.
0: Uh, My one thing that I had to get uh, through was that because in this film, obviously, the Tesseract plays a big role. And the last time we saw the Tesseract, well, we've seen it within many of the—it uh, was in the Infinity War, as a matter of fact, because it has mm-hmm. one of the Infinity Stones. But uh, it's made an appearance various times throughout the series. Uh, but this is taking place in the 90s. So that places it between the first time we see it, which is in uh, Captain America, the original right. Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, and then with the, the Avengers. Right. It, it, so it's there. Uh, the last time we see it in Captain America, the original Captain America— uh, Howard Stark, who is um, Tony Stark's father, is scooping it out of the bottom of the ocean. Right. I, we went and watched uh, Avengers just last night again, just to confirm some of this to make sure right. our memory was correct on that. And yes, that's what they say in there. And then the next thing you know, uh, it's in space right. in, in the '90s. Right. So that's my one little plot hole: is that um, how did it get to that? Get from uh, Howard Stark right. to be up in space in the '90s, and that my my. Thought is that it must be somewhere whether it was said in there and I didn't didn't hear it or missed it, or whether it'll come out later that somehow uh, the woman Annette Benning plays, right. who is the Cree, who's trying to help these Skrulls, uh, somehow got it from Howard Stark and and that's why it's up there and that's how, uh, and that's of course how Fury gets and that's right. how Fury has it for. Avengers. Right,
1: of course. right, exactly.
0: So, uh, I just, it's just, uh, as far as I know, and, I, and maybe you heard it in the film, I didn't hear it. I need to go back and watch the film. We're going to go back and watch the film. Right. Uh, but that was just my one little plot hole I walked out of the movie right, wondering right. about. And so I'm sure, just trying sure. to put two and two together and how that all happens. So yeah, I totally get that. Stuff. Uh, that
1: is kind of a little bit like, you know, makes you wonder.
0: Right. Maybe it'll be uh, explained later, or again, maybe I just missed it, which happens a lot in these films. When the first time you see it, you're just like, wow, wow, (laughs) wow. You miss some of the details, and you catch the details later on as you're going through.
1: Well, and if somebody there listening knows, let us know. (laughs) please
0: let us know. We'll give you complete credit for it. Uh, Post-credit scenes, of course it's a Marvel movie. Of course there's post-credit scenes. And yes, the big one is the one that leads into... Uh, End game, Avengers End Game, right. and that was we see Captain Marvel, Steve Rogers, right. Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, War Machine, Rhodey, yeah, and uh, Bruce Banner of course who's the Hulk, and they are they have uh, the pager that they got from somehow they got from uh, Fury, right? And they're uh, it looks like they like put some rabbit ears on it or something, <laughs> and they're trying to amplify it and send it out even stronger. And it's, it's going to be, and then as it shuts off. You're like, what's going on? Why is it shut off?
1: Right, lost and, the then,
0: signal. You know, so we, maybe we can start it again. Next thing you know, they turn around and there, there she, she is. is. <laughs> and the only thing she says is, where's There's Fury? Fury. <laughs> yes. And you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> end game. How many six weeks? I can't wait.
1: <laughs> well, that, you know, and, and of course we saw a little taste of it too with um, the other Ant-Man movie that mm-hmm. came out. I mean, it's all these little things coming up. It's just you know, making your mouth water to right. want to see this movie that was, soon.
0: Yes, and that was the one that Actually, I thought there'd be more in within the film itself about uh, tying it into Endgame, but I mm-hmm. guess they just didn't really want to do that. I was wondering if there was going to be some sort of visit to the quantum realm to sort of explain how Ant Man gets out of there. Maybe Mar Captain Marvel right. in there. Uh, maybe there was something with time shifting, something like that. But there wasn't. So, you know, they've just kind of left it completely still up for grabs on what's going to happen in Endgame, which I actually kind of like. So that's good. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. And the fact that they're talking about that they are going to cover – so much material to try to wrap everything up that, yeah. you know, that it's possibly going to be a really long movie. Yeah, that's, movie. That's yeah. fine. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. For it. I can't wait. And of course, there was a, a second scene right at the very end of the film. And as usual, a lot of times that is a just a funny, humorous right. scene. And yeah, it's just Goose coughing up the Tesseract like a hairball <laughs> on know. the furry desk, which was pretty darn funny. Yeah.
1: Exactly. A simple
0: so, scene, but it was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's it. That's uh, I don't know if you have anything else that you wanted to discuss about the movie.
1: Um, no, not really. I think there's, you know, like you said, I, I like the fact that there was a balance between the the – I don't want to say seriousness of it, but the storyline, but built in with humor. Again, as I mentioned before, I didn't want to give all the names away, but Marvel and the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, Nick actually kind of made fun of it saying Marvel. And yeah. <laughs> that I thought that was pretty funny. And min Irva. Right. <laughs> I thought that was pretty hilarious as well. So, you know, and then the uniqueness of uh, Carol Danvers and calling her verse or veers. Right. Because it was the end part of... Of her dog tags. Um, her, yeah. That's the only piece right. that she
0: had that took Right, right. Yeah. So
1: I just thought this one time they put a little bit more into the names. And of course, as I mentioned before, Rambo. Right. Was- Perfect. So
0: yeah, no, I I, just little nods, all great little stuff, and 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 I'm looking forward to seeing it again and picking up even more detail. Right, right. Um, If you've noticed some things that we not brought up, what was your favorite parts of the film? Please contact us. Let us know. That's it for our spoilers. Yes, that's it. Spoiler alert. We can stop the spoiler alert. It's done. It's done. Spoiler. (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> Enough of that sound. Yeah. Now, you needed
1: one of those sounds that say, what is it? Something like emergency is, is over. Or right. The... <laughs> <laughs> Catastrophe averted. Right. right.
0: So we're done with our spoilers. So you can get back, if you're trying to dodge them, we can get back to our, our regularly scheduled program here. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about us telling you anything else about what happened in Captain Marvel. You can just experience it for yourself. But let's get on to our second topic. And again, it's more 90s. It's been two weeks in 90s here and that was thursday night we went to disneyland after dark 90s night
1: that was a blast that was a blast and even though you know personally we were having some struggles with some things with traffic (laughs) etc um my reflections of it are nothing but such warm fun and disneyland did it well they did an Mm -hmm. awesome job at it
0: I thought I'm I commented to you at the night that I, I thought it was interesting because we've been to a few of these and even recently this year. I mean, last year we went to Throwback Night, Star Wars Night. This year we've gone, t- we went to uh, Sweethearts Night, mm-hmm. and now this one, 90s Night. This one to me had the most energy. I just thought it was kind of interesting. There was a lot of more singing and dancing going on. The crowd seemed really revved up. You you thought there was, uh, and you I know we love Sweethearts right. Night. And you weren't sure about that, but I thought, I I just felt energy throughout the night. Right.
1: And I rethought that because you did mention it. And I I thought about it that, you know, I think at the time when you said it, my thought process wasn't so much energy as engagement in terms of people really enjoying the night and enjoying all the activities. And so that one, I felt like it hit every all the after dark things that we've gone to. But I agree with you in terms of the energy and the dancing. I mean, I think especially since they had... Bands there mm-hmm. as well as you know DJ and everything. Mm-hmm. I think that helped, but I think the main reason was because it really hit a target audience right. that was very very much into, you know, whether you're talking the music or the Disney afternoon shows, you know. Whereas the other nights had to have a much broader appeal, and so you didn't have that same kind of focus. So I, I you know, I, as I thought about it, I think you were right. It did have more energy in the air from the people who were at the park.
0: I think it celebrated an era that. Uh, hasn't gotten a lot of that. I mean, you hear a lot about 80s night, right. been 60s, 70s stuff. Uh, Enough you, time hadn't gone by yet. Now, right, it, now it has. You didn't get a lot of 90s <laughs> parties as much out there, you know. Right. So I thought it was interesting that this happened. And I think that everybody was willing to embrace it, and especially around some of these Disney shows and movies right. that they grew up loving. It was kind of a golden era, as we yeah. discussed a little bit in our last episode uh, about the 90s. And whether it be Disney movies or Disney television, it was kind of a golden era. And people were excited to us celebrate it. Exactly.
1: And, you know, one of the things that I think I mentioned to you that night is the fact that you know this age group that grew up in the, in the 90s and was also one that where they you know because we didn't see as many kids as we've seen mm. in the past either and i think this was their way of kind of like um you know, high school reunion kind of thing. Let's leave the kids at home. Let's go out and party mm-hmm. and, you know, have a lot of fun there. And I think that's also brought the energy there.
0: Right. I, I completely agree with you. And that's what it looked like. There was a lot of people. I mean, we've seen a DJ out there at some of these before, and there's a couple of people dancing. It's not that, you know, they're enjoying the music, but a couple of people dancing. Or whatever. Right. Everybody was gathered around the DJ. Yeah. When the band was playing at Tomorrow had the rock slash pop slash punk band that would play in the Tomorrowland Terrace. Right. Tons of people showed up for that band. They filled up the Mark Twain Riverboat for the uh, R and B group that would play on that and sail around the rivers of America. Uh, Everybody was involved in the entertainment on this one. I think even more than we've seen in some other uh, absolutely, absolutely. I I couldn't agree with you more. So really cool. So they 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 celebrated very much the Disney movies of the 90s. They had characters and scenes from many of the films from the 90s. Uh, They also had big hits to Disney television of the 90s, uh, you know, especially Disney Afternoon, which, you know, was like DuckTales, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck, and Gummy Bears, shows like that. They had a lot of interest with that.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, and so this time it was fun, too, that they gave uh, like a fold up poster that actually had places to get um, stamps done that, you know, related to those afternoon shows, you know. And so I thought that was a fun little thing that they had, People doing, but I really liked what the people giving, you know, doing the stamps on those posters were. So, the cast members were so decked out into that '90s retro look with the teal and the pink that it, you know everything really did capture the essence of the '90s that evening.
0: Yeah, I mean the cast members were a lot of them were into it. We were watching before the band came out in uh, Tomorrowland Terrace, and there was a cast member out there. Uh, that was—it's kind of a stage manager role. Manager role, I think, is what she had. But she was yeah. out there, and there were playing. Uh, some sync, They were playing some, uh, some Hanson. Right. And she was just dancing and singing away oh, yeah. and just enjoying it. And I thought that's how it It was not only... So it wasn't just the guests who were doing the exact right, same right. thing. It was also a lot of the cast, cast members. members. It that's, was a lot of fun. That is
1: true. That is so true, you know. Um, the other... One of the things that was also very impressive is that they gave fanny packs yeah. out, which were adorable. You know, and it, it didn't... dawn Very
0: of, 90s colored fanny uh, packs.
1: Right. You know, and it didn't dawn on me at first that, you you know, this was the first time we didn't have lanyards, mm-hmm. and I was okay with that. You know, I, I do like the lanyards, but the fanny pack, you know, that it's really— more useful.
0: A lanyard's great, yeah. and you collect it, and you can <laughs> keep it around. And it's nice to have, and you look like, oh, yeah, I remember when we did that. But a fanny pack, I mean, you might actually build—I mean, if you don't mind right. wearing a fanny pack, you might actually able put some use to it.
1: <laughs> right, right. It is, you know, it, like you said, it, it is very retro-looking for the time, so it's not like some of the, the more modern— you know, hip packs or whatever that are coming out, but it, it's still, I showed people at work and they loved it, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, you know, I thought it was, like you said, more useful. It was, it was a fun way to, to give, have a giveaway, you know, that they don't usually have something right. like that nice at, as a giveaway. Uh, I was really surprised though i guess but not now that we're talking about you know all the energy and everything but the specialty merchandise sold out pretty early into the evening
0: i think that tends to happen a lot with these things you if you don't if you wanted to get some of the specialty merchandise you need to hop in those shops early
1: right although i I, i've seen it some of them that we've left uh, even at the end of the night even you know walking out at after midnight or 1 1am 1 that there has been some things available mm-hmm. still here they it was, it was wiped gone. out everybody was Everything excited was for wiped it. Yeah. out and the other thing that was funny was some of the specialty foods were sold out right. beforehand
0: what was it it was the, when we went to go to the jolly holiday to pick up some stuff near the end of the night they uh, were out of the pizza bagels right. I felt, no more pizza bagels <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i felt bad
1: for that cast member that had to stand there out front and say that to everybody who got in line you know but i'm thinking that might have also happened at um the, oh, what was that, the cart that had uh, over in Frontierland. Was the, that the churro? The churro cart, right. Yeah. They had the PB&J churro. Oh, yeah. Churros. That was a line. That, that line was all crazy. night long. Crazy. Yeah. But then all of a sudden there was nobody there. So yeah. I'm assuming that they they had to sell out. To Cause sold there was up. such
0: a long line for that. All Every time we went pie there, yeah. there was such a line for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think they did a good job controlling lines. I think they were there were unexpected line lengths that they had, you mm-hmm. know, um of course, the longest line was the line to get a picture with Max, and that just made me thrilled. Right.
0: Actually, everything— Not just Max. Max in his power line right, costume right, exactly. from the Goofy movie. Right. Uh, if, remember, if you've seen that film and you know at the beginning of that film, he's in a power line yes. outfit, and that's what Max was dressed up. It was
1: awesome it was awesome it was awesome to really see the energy around the goofy movie i mean i again we've talked about how it seems like that movie doesn't get a lot of love but it 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 did yeah that night you could see that there are a lot of people who loved that movie i mean as we said you know the line for pictures with with max was the longest of any lines there um the so many people having the power line cosplay on mm-hmm. that evening and then also the fireworks
0: yeah well let's talk about the fireworks spectacular here because that's one of the things i wanted to hit as well yeah uh it started off and it was a lot of, it really was uh, based on disney afternoon for right. mo- much of it uh they had the theme songs from we the, you know some of the shows we talked about before chippendale rescue rangers Ducktales, gummy bears um dark duck a lot of that uh, they went through a lot of those and it ramped up of course duck with the woo and everybody going through (laughs) that. And then they (laughs) Finished it as they went into the finale with eye to eye. I'm getting teared up, and everybody <laughs> just went nuts when they started yes. playing eye to eye. It was so good, and then they into the finale right. of the fireworks, it just everybody was just loving it. It was a great fireworks show. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was. It was really good. How well it was, uh, I, I felt like it was more choreographed to the music than some of the other fireworks shows we've seen. Um, mm. They really had it spot on. It was. It was spectacular like you said Um, but yeah the crowds really got into it when they you know well with all of them but a Especially especially when they, they played Eye to Eye. That yeah. Was, that you, was so cool.
0: You kind of thought, because it was it seemed like it was just going to be the Disney afternoon. So Because right. they were just going theme song, theme song, theme song. And then DuckTales. They're like, okay, they'll probably wrap it up with DuckTales. Because yeah. that's the, probably the the best right. of the Disney uh, afternoon. afternoon theme mm-hmm. songs. Uh, but then right after that, and they went into Eye to Eye. Everybody just lost it. It was great. It was so fun. Yeah. Um, and we also, and this one, unfortunately fortunately, we missed it. We did see Max in the Powerline costume. But at some point, Goofy went over to Max. And right. they did, they danced to eye to eye, which was, uh, we saw a lot uh, on, on social media, right. but we missed it, but um, we saw them to do that. They do that sometimes on the Get Your Ears On, right. uh dance party that goes in Tomorrowland, but uh, not in the power line costume no, that Max was wearing, no. so that was really cool.
1: Yeah. And like you said, it, I mean, I'm not sure, but it probably was one of those where they were getting ready to switch out people or, or mm-hmm. you know, whatever right. that, because it's not, I didn't see it in the program as a show that they were,
0: Yeah. you know. So whoever Hosting. was there was lucky to, to, yeah. get to get check that out for sure.
1: But had that been a show, man, that would have been, been, been a hard there. one. Yeah, we would have been there, and yeah. that would have been a hard one to We'd actually get to the front of, I'm That's sure. Right. I don't know if you would have seen it with your uh, vertical <laughs> challengeness, uh,
0: but it uh, would have been cool to see. But yeah, um,
1: for, I thought this was great. It was fun. I loved it. Yeah,
0: um, I'm glad we went. We had a great time with it. And we even walked away. See, I thought going in it was that it was not a coincidence that it was 90s night mm-hmm. and Captain Marvel was coming out right at the same time, right. which is set in the 90s. And I, there, I guess it was a little bit of that, but there really was no reference of it within the actual night itself. Right. But we did walk away. They gave us Captain Marvel posters right. as we walked out uh, the door. Yeah, from it, nice so, touch. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, that was cool. It was a great night. If you went, uh, tell us what you thought about it. We'd love to hear from you and and uh, find out what Absolutely. you thought. And um, I, I'm sure it's sold out already, but uh, Heroes Assemble is coming up at Disney California Adventure Park in late April, right around the same time that uh, Endgame is coming out. Yes. So, uh, we're excited to go do that. And, uh, I, you know, check into it, see if it's sold out or not. I would imagine it is, but uh, they, they do these nighttime These Disneyland after dark nights are really fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it seems like each time they learn from it and they they up it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's really, even though you're, even if you have an annual pass and you're paying an extra fee. You know, fee for this, it is still well worth it. It's a different experience altogether.
0: Right. And the thing that I wanted to point out that I pointed out the night of is because everybody was dancing and I guess they were in line for peanut butter and jelly (laughs) churro and everything else, that actually uh, the attractions, yes, there's always at these. Uh, nighttime events mm-hmm. usually easy access to the attractions but it seemed like people didn't even care about going on the attractions right, we yeah. walked on many of them right, right L- exactly barely any line at all if if any so that was kind of a fun little aspect of the night for us so. right
1: right you know and one of the things to remember about this if you're ever looking at these is you do get the photo pass included right. in the in the in the fee so that you do get you know a something to remember it from. yeah
0: if you uh, some of the lines can be long for some of those photos yeah. but uh, yeah. you you do get them if you want to take advantage of them here and there you know, find a line that's appropriate for you or a backdrop or right. a character that's appropriate that you want to get into you know I would say pick and choose on that you don't want to be in lines for photos all night but, right well maybe you do I don't know uh, I don't want to be in line for photos all night. right
1: right I think what was nice this time too is even though they had some throughout the parks they had a grouping because of the, the afternoon Disney mm-hmm. afternoon care they were kind of grouped together that you could kind of then judge, hey, what's a line or two that I think that I can get through both of these or several mm-hmm. of these easy enough? Whereas in, in the past, that hasn't been the case. And you're like, okay, this line is really long. Let me go try another one and see that line is long. And then you go, you're, you find yourself wandering throughout the whole park and seeing everything is full. Whereas here, it, it, you could easily pick out something right
0: i think they had you know a lot of more simple backdrops and i think that was able to split things up enough there were more photo locations right. i think and i think yeah. that's what they're one of the things that they're learning is that you know fewer photo locations people are in line all night for these photos if you have more of them then you know you can pick and right. choose the lines are because it's more spread out people are going to different ones of course the max one was the biggest line we saw all night but uh it was good yeah we're, yeah. we're happy uh like I said let us know if you went there and or if you're looking forward to any of that are coming up and if you want any tips on we'd be happy to do that. So uh that's it for all our 90s coverage. Let's move into the future now. And we're going to talk about uh, of course the big story from this week was that the Walt Disney Company had their shareholders meeting on Thursday and some huge news came out of that. And the big the biggest news that came out of that was The opening dates for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge.
2: Now, turning to our parks and resorts, I've got some very exciting news to share with all of you. We're nearing completion of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Anaheim and in Orlando, which are by far the largest lands that we have ever built. And the excitement and the anticipation for these lands, just unbelievable. And in light of the tremendous demand, we're going to let guests explore those lands a bit earlier than we had originally planned. And so I'm happy to announce that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is going to open up at Disneyland on May 31st, and then at Disney World on August 29th. Now, (laughs) wait, there's more. (laughs) On opening day, we'll transport guests to a galaxy far, far away to live their own Star Wars adventure, exploring the planet Batuu and mingling with famous and some infamous characters, hanging out at the the cantina, building a droid, or flying the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy in our phenomenal Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run attraction. And that's just the first phase. We're going to have a second big opening later in the year when we debut the land's second big e-ticket attraction for calling Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. This is the most technologically advanced and immersive attraction that we have ever imagined. And we're pushing the limits of imagination and innovation. We'll actually blur the lines for our guests between fantasy and put them sort of right, and reality, and put them right in the middle of the rebellion and give them an active role in a fight against the First Order. So yes,
0: that was obviously Disney CEO right. Bob Iger, and that was the huge news. There really wasn't a lot of big news within this conference call. They went over a lot of things, but was nothing really groundbreaking. Too much. I'll get to one other thing late in just a little bit here, but that was huge news that both of these parks are opening up earlier than expected.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, you know, we were told much later dates uh, from the very beginning. Uh, we, we were excited when, I guess a couple months ago, he announced June – for Disneyland's opening so this is pretty exciting that it, it got moved up.
0: Right, and definitely for uh, Walt Disney World because originally it was fall and we were even expecting it to be like late fall right, maybe exactly. November. Right, Yes. Uh, but it's obviously opening up in late August into September Now, of course as you heard there, they're going to be opening up in two phases so the Million Falcon Smugglers Run will be up and going when this park opens up and of course Ogo's uh, Cantina right. and all the other shops in and around Batuu, Black Spot outpost will be open, but Star Wars Rise of the Resistance will not be open yet. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting that they decided, I I think they saw that this was going to be done and, you know, why should we have this thing once ready to go for the most part, except for one attraction, just sit and wait while we wait for this other attraction to be finished. Right. And I think they decided, no, let's open it up. I know there's a lot of people excited to go do this. And we'll have it available for them just a little bit earlier. They just can't do this attraction yet. Now, some people will... And I saw this on social media. Some people complaining like, oh, it's Disney going for another dollar. You know, having you go pay twice to go to experience them both. Well, I'm excited just to go there. And I don't even care if I go on an attraction. Yes, I want right. to go on them. But I don't care. But also... If you're so concerned about that, just wait until the second one opens and then go then. Don't go when it's open earlier. You can wait it out and do it then. That's just my two cents on it.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, again, if they're opening it up early, earlier than originally, you know, reported, then – you got to expect that it's not going to be totally completed. I mean, they could say, okay, we won't open it until June, but it might be late June or wherever, whenever. And, you know, so, I, yeah, I mean, it's sad that some people can look at it that way, but, um, man, like we were talking about, people who actually had reservations to be, you know, at, the, like, uh, California, Grand Californian, in late May, boy, did they luck out, right? You know, yeah. if they already Suddenly had like,
0: that. What? Right? <laughs> Why are we so lucky? We were trying to actually beat the crowds to right. you know, Galaxy's Edge, but now wait, we're lucky out. You know, and some people that had some reservations a little later might be like, oh no, yeah, too bad, you know. But they still be there, right? You know? So you know, the interesting thing that also came out about this, and I'm going to read this straight from the uh, Disney Parks blog, is that. Uh, 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 that they'll be offering... Well, let me just read it right out of the Disney Parks blog. Guests planning to visit Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland Park in California between May 31st and June 23rd, 2019 will need valid theme park admission and will be required to make a no-cost reservation subject to availability to access the land. Information on how to make a reservation will be available on a late, at a later date on Disneyland.com and the Disney Parks blog and the Hyperion Adventures podcast. <laughs> uh, guests staying at one of these three Disneyland Resort, uh, the three Disneyland Resort hotels during these dates will receive a designated reservation to access Star Wars Galaxy's Edge during their stay. One reservation per res- registered guest a valid theme park admission is required and somebody in this room may have jumped it as soon as he saw that and made a way too expensive reservation for the very first weekend because we are going to be there the very first weekend, one way or the other.
1: <laughs> I got that song in my head. Yeah, no, that's exciting. And um, it's great to hear that they are not planning to have like a separate fee for that part. At least not to begin with. Right, right. We don't
0: know what the future consists of. but
1: Right. And I'm sure they're trying different things out. Um, you know, we've seen even how we talked about uh, when we were talking about the Disney Cruise Line and how they gave you reserved times to go for, for photo opportunities. I think they're finding that some of these reservations can really be helpful for, you know, for the park experience. Again, we talked about that when we went to um, see Pandora, mm-hmm. uh, Animal Kingdom, that having, you know, a set time can really manage the crowds So that the people who are experiencing it at that moment can really have a great experience and not feel that you're elbow to elbow all the time with people.
0: Right. And we don't know much about the reservations yet at this point. We don't know if they're going to be for portions of the day, if they're going to be for the whole day, Mm -hmm. what the deal is, how you access them. Do you need to have a theme park ticket for that date? Do you need to put some sort of money down on it to hold it? You know, kind of similar to what the Fast Plus Plus selection is for uh, Walt Disney World Resort. Um, We're going to find out more, I'm sure, in the weeks to come. And, of course, we'll have that here as well as the Disney Parks blog. We'll have a lot of that information. But, uh, you know, and then we don't know what's going to happen after, what was the date, June uh, 23rd, what they'll do. But I do like the reservation concept because of the fact that, when we've discussed this, there are going to be people that just want to go to Galaxy's Edge. And there's going to be people that just want to do... Disneyland Park, and there's going to be people that want to do both. Right. This way, going in, you kind of have a knowledge, if you have a reservation or not, whether or not you're going to make it in. And, you know, it, it may sort of ebb the crowds a little bit in both parks if, you know, if people are, you know, I'm not going there expecting I'm going to get into Galaxy's Edge right, or right. whatever the case may be.
1: Well, I mean, and then having that reservation and, you know, then what other things you want to do Mm -hmm. so like if you want to go into galaxy's edge for whatever part of the time your reservation is or for the time that your reservation is for and then know if you want to get a meal somewhere else and in one of the other parts of the park you know you'll be able to plan your day and i think that's good
0: too so and like i said we did make or i did i'm the one (laughs) who takes takes the blame for this one i made a very expensive reservation for one of the disney resort hotels for that weekend just in case we can't secure a reservation in another way but it is for that very first weekend and we will go and we will be talking about it on that podcast and that just so happens will be our one year anniversary podcast Mm -hmm. by the way wow so how
1: incredible i didn't know that you didn't tell me that i
0: didn't when i first got these i didn't put the two and two together right and then i was thinking about the date that we started our podcast i'm pretty sure i may be incorrect but i'm pretty sure it's either our one year anniversary or it's uh it's off by like one week but it's very close to our one year anniversary podcast that we'll be going to visit star wars galaxy's edge one way or the other and be discussing it on the next episode on that episode
1: That's very cool. So, very very cool. Very cool. The thing that surprised me was that they said the Galaxy's Edge is only going to be open the same hours as Disneyland mm-hmm. Park. Right. Or Disneyland Resort Park. And that surprised me because I was kind of expecting when we were talking a few episodes ago about star tours opening just in attraction mm-hmm. And how they stayed open for 60 consecutive hours. I was kind of expecting something you know, similar, that they would have this land stay open you know, for
0: several consecutive days. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, it, it, the interesting thing about this is that uh, uh, they've said in the Disney Parks blog uh, write-up on it that there will not be open for extra magic hours. Right. It will not be open for uh, during... Uh, any of the other extra times the um sorry i'm blanking on the other one but uh, uh the, you will not be able to go into it early and get into this because i think that's what a lot of people thought is that maybe we can go and stay there right and then we can get in there you know before rope drop and sure. get in so that was an interesting point of view on and i don't right.
1: know except at hollywood studios it will
0: um, yes, that's right. I'm talking about Disneyland mostly. That right. They will be doing it at a Walt Disney World Resort. At Disneyland Resort, they're not going to be doing that. So you won't have, at least as of right now. Now, things could change. They may feel this out and decide to change it at a later time. Right. But as of right now, it was written up. I'm just going to read how it was written up here, just so there's no confusion or... Less confusion, anyway. <laughs> A reservation will not be offered or required to experience Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at the Walt Disney World Resort at this time. You should know that valid theme park admission to Disney's Hollywood Studios is required to visit Star Wars Galaxy's Edge after its opening on August 29th, 2019. Capacity is limited. So, know that going in. Not just everybody's going to get to go in. When it gets full, they're going to cut it off and, right. and not let more people in. So, be prepared for that. Additionally, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will be available during extra magic hours, during extra Extra Magic Hours guests staying at select Walt Disney World Resort hotels can spend extra time at Disney's Hollywood Studios enjoying select attractions. Details will also be av- available at a later date on DisneyWorld.com and the Disney Parks blog in the Hyperion Retro's podcast. Um, <laughs> but interesting also it goes on to say that it will not be included in Extra Magic Hour and Magic Morning. That was the one right. I was trying to think of at Disneyland Park. So um, just know that going in, that if you're thinking you can get into Galaxy's Edge, by getting the extra uh, extra magic hour or the uh, magical mornings, that's not going to be the case. You will still need, at least at this point, the reservation. We'll see what happens after the 23rd. Right, right. So, But uh, interesting stuff. Also interesting that they're not offering uh, fast pass service for either park right, right now for Smuggler's Run. So I don't know what that's going to mean. I'm sure that they'll have more detailed information coming out in the future about what's going on. Right. And as it is, it seems like we have more information every week, so I'm sure we'll get more information right. next week and the week after. And the week after, and it'll we'll continue to extend our podcast as we keep <laughs> talking about these things that we don't necessarily expect to be talking about with Galaxy. Right, Edge, right, exactly. We're so excited for it, we just can't help but sure. discuss it at length. So. So.
1: Well, they didn't say they wouldn't have Fast Passes, though, right? They said so, not
0: at this time. They're not planning on oh, it that's at this right, yeah. time. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to change. right? I think I'll, I think Disneyland Park is going to be really kind of, they're going to look at this and see how this works, especially with the reservation system to begin right. with, uh, and see how that plays out. And this is going to play a lot into how Disneyland moves forward after the 23rd of June, and also once August 29th hits with Walt Disney World Resort, how they uh, look at it from there as well. I think it's going to be an interesting um, just kind of experiment to go through and uh, see what happens and what's best. And as we've talked about in the past, uh, the resorts are totally different. The, the clientele, the, the guests that go to the Disneyland Resort are very annually pass driven right. because of there's so many people in and around the LA, Orange County, San Diego, Santa Barbara area in general that are within two hours of driving distance of this park, just millions and right. millions of people that it's really driven by annual pass holders, whereas the Walt Disney World Resort is really d- driven by vacationers because yes the Orlando is a decent sized city but it's not anywhere close to a- even any of these cities I just mentioned right, even right. Santa Barbara in in uh, S- Southern California uh t- as far as population wise so a lot of it is driven by guests coming on for you know week vacations right, right. five day week sometimes even up to like 10 days two week vacations out there you know so that, I think it's a lot different when oh you look yeah at it, so.
1: yeah I think they that disneyland is going to have the not just because they're the first to open but just because of like you're saying the type of um clientele that are driven to it being mm-hmm. annual pass holders um in space issues uh the multiple entrances into the park into that part of the park i mean i think they have a lot that they're going to have to deal with here that they they aren't going to have to deal with at uh, hollywood studios so they've stepped up the plate to mm-hmm. go with the, the harder challenge first. So that that was kind of interesting.
0: Right. Absolutely. I think it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see what all this shakes out. And that was we've been talking about for a long time, and I'm looking forward to seeing what comes of it, but I'm mostly looking forward to that we will get to go. I know. One way or the other, I'm I, I, if I can get out of that reservation, I'm going to try to because that's a lot of money. <laughs> but I'm just glad that we're guaranteed that we're going to be there in Seeing Galaxy's Edge on the first weekend yeah. and to we talk about it on our podcast and share what we saw it and learned from it with right, you, our right. listeners out there. Yeah, it's hopefully the we'll be able stuff. to have some pointers for you. Yes, yes, I'm hoping so. I'm just looking forward to flying the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But I'm looking forward to walking through the land and right. shedding shedding many man tears as we walk through the land. It's, <laughs> it finally has happened. It's gonna be so great. I'm exactly. so excited for it. So um by the way, this is pretty much gonna take up our Disney stories of the week, but I I have one more thing from you that came out of the conference call that was big news. I don't think most of it that happened was big news for anybody that wasn't there. I think they showed a lot of film clips from films that are coming up in 2019, uh, some stuff from Episode Nine from Star Wars, the new live-action Lion King that's coming out, all sorts of stuff about that. They they ran down a bunch of things and showed some video clips for anybody that was actually a, a shareholder that was in attendance. But as far as groundbreaking news, there was only really one other thing that I've really found interesting. And that had to deal with Disney+. Plus. And the fact that um, he, Bob Iger mentioned a couple of things that was interesting. The first one being that all the films he went through, they, as I told you, they went through a, a period where they showed clips from all the Disney right. films that are coming out in 2019. He came out and said, all those films that you just saw are going to be on Disney+. Plus Within a year of its launch. So it's interesting to know right. that those films are going to be, if you subscribe to Disney+, Plus, all those films are going to be there fairly quickly for right. these, you know, maybe a lot quicker than they were for, like, say, Netflix or some of these other companies that had sure. them on there. So kind of interesting. The second piece of news, which I think was even bigger news, was this.
2: So the service, which I mentioned earlier, is going to launch later in the year, is going to combine what we call library product, movies and television with a lot of original product as well, movies and television. And at some point, fairly soon after launch, it will house the entire Disney motion picture library. So the movies that you speak of that have traditionally been kept in a vault and have uh, been brought out basically every few years will be on the service. And then, of course, we're producing a number of original movies and original television shows as well that will be Disney-branded. So it's going to combine both the the old and the new. And as I mentioned, all of the films that we're releasing starting this year's slate with Captain Marvel will also be on the service. So there you go. So
0: the biggest news of this is that every single Disney motion picture will be on this streaming service. Goodbye to the vault. If you don't know what the vault is, it would be like every you know three years they'd be like, okay, here's this movie out of the vault that you haven't seen in twenty years. You know, no, now you're going to be able to access all the classic movies on Disney Plus. That is fantastic news.
1: That is exciting news, you know, and because sometimes you just want to check out one of those old movies and you know that that's great that that's going to be available and it's interesting because right now they do sell those like they are right now doing a new release um for the anniversary yeah, of yeah, little mermaid, mermaid. Yeah. right right um so i mean it's interesting that they're going to do that um considering you know that they're going to have those movies on there from the vault
0: right i i think it's great um i'm love that you know if, the, if i have the interest i'm want to go back and watch the brave little toaster it'll be there <laughs> if i want to go back and watch bambi it's there uh sleeping beauty any of these you know fantasia, classic, fantasia uh, any of these that you maybe not have in your library but you want to experience it maybe your children have never seen it. you want to show them to them without having to purchase it or right. rent it online whatever as long as you're subscribed to this service it's going to be there i think it, it boosts the value of this service immeasurably
1: oh yeah absolutely
0: um, I'm also hoping... He didn't say it. I, first, when I heard it, I thought he was saying that everything in the Disney library is going to be right. there. He didn't say that. He said the motion picture library. I'm still hoping that they're going to go back classic television as well so we get some of the original mickey mouse clubs i know that there's some people out there i'm looking at you at Dillos diz the 90s version of the (laughs) mickey mouse club are big they're big fans of that uh that they're going to want to have all of those out there but like things like zorro and davy crockett and just think of some of these classic shows Maybe some wonderful World of Disney's. Yeah. You know, and yeah, and who, I would love to see all that stuff make an appearance on this site. Again, that's not said, but that with the fact that they're right. opening up the entire motion picture vault, maybe they'll open up a little more as much as they can that they can find anyway right. of the television vault as well.
1: Well, we know because when we were in Paris just a little over a year and a half ago that we were watching Zorro on TV in Paris, which was so hilarious. In to, French. In French. <laughs> but um, so I think we know that some of those things are preserved enough to be able to to have them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would kind of make sense. But maybe they're just trying to figure out what they can, you know, what they have that is of good quality. But like you're saying, the uh, the world of Disney... We talked last week about the ones that Michael Eisner did. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, th- those were from the 90s. So I would think some of those things would be, you know, possibly available. I would love well. to
0: see, I would love to see also, I mean, you, I bought this for you. I, it was, I can't remember if it was for your birthday or if we got it for Christmas or what it was. But I bought for you the silver tin oh, of yeah. the, uh, the original Christmas. episodes of uh, Disneyland, which was the show that Walt did. Uh, on i believe it was abc to right. uh to originally kind of promote disneyland uh opening up And right, i got exactly. those for you so you could watch those um i'm hoping they have some of that on there because mm. those are really fun and interesting to see in, right in right opening day of disneyland which is an interesting broadcast to watch you right know?
1: yeah those, those are fun and and they're not easy to find anymore right. i mean um you know so i think having something like that available would be you know a wonderful addition to Agreed. Disney Plus.
0: Yeah, uh, so plus, we'll plus. see. We'll see what comes. But the uh, more Disney Plus gets announced, uh, the more exciting it becomes. I believe that he said in this press conference that April eleventh. I think we've mentioned it on the podcast before. They're doing a special uh, showcasing of Disney Plus for investors on that date. So we're probably going to find out a ton of news about disney nice. plus on april 11th and uh so uh, look forward to that as well
1: yeah, yeah. i can't wait yeah so ex- much exciting news and in such a short
0: amount of time it's a good time to be a disney fan and yeah. a Disney <laughs> podcaster for that matter so uh good stuff um quickly let's get with this episode has gone a little longer than i would have liked but uh, a lot of good stuff in this one so i'm i'm happy to have done that But uh, we never leave you without getting to some vacation tips for you, something that might help you when you're going to the Walt Disney World Resort, the Disneyland Resort, Disney Cruise Line, Run Disney, whatever the case may be. And we always start with Michelle because, one, she's wonderful. She's my (laughs) Captain Marvel. Uh, She's fantastic. And she always, always, always has the best tips. So without any further ado, let's get to Michelle's tip of the week.
1: Well, thank you, honey. I'm so lucky. (laughs) That one that you actually believe some of that stuff. But, okay. (laughs) Mm, That's a fact. Uh, So um, my tip today has to do with any of the Disney parks. And one thing they all have in common is that they have what's called the baby care centers. Mm -hmm. And so these are available, as I mentioned, uh, at the parks. They're open during regular park hours, and they're complimentary to use. For anybody who has babies or toddlers or kids, you know, moms and dads can go in there. And it really is... uh, an awesome convenience that they do provide there. So, you know, they're, they're air conditioned, they're away from the crowds and the, the busy stimuli that's going on in the park. And so it can really be a very well-appreciated spot for parents and kids there. Um, I know that I've used them and really, really found them to be very convenient. You know, I know the restrooms always have like changing stations, and sometimes that's all you need, and that's fine. But um, this is a way more convenient and comfortable place. You know, if you have babies that you want to, you know, you need to do changes. But they also have other things. So they have a private nursing room, mm-hmm. and they usually have, like, like rocking chairs there. Um, they have feeding areas with high chairs, uh, a kitchen with a microwave, oven, and sink if you need to heat something mm-hmm. up. Um, but they also have a room with television and tables and chairs, you know, that kids can just kind of also settle down, especially if it's hot out, you know, in the, the peak of summertime, you know. Um and then if you did forget to pack something or if you ran out of something, they, they do have the availability to, to sell some supplies like formula, baby food, juices, um, bottles, diapers, and, you know, even some over-the-counter medication. So if you have little ones, keep in mind that those are very convenient things to use at any of the Disney parks and you will not regret going in there.
0: Right now, that's that's good to know because I think a lot there's a lot of parents out there that wonder, especially with the really really tiny little ones, you know, right? Whether it's worth it going to the parks, how difficult it'll be to having them at uh, the resorts and at the parks, and let uh, them know out there that these things exist to kind of make your day go a little bit more smoothly uh, is very helpful, and I, I think it's right. important to know for sure.
1: Right, and we've talked in the past about you know factoring in some downtime, mm-hmm. you know, if if you're spending you know just the whole day in the park and you don't like you don't have a hotel to go to or it's your checkout day and you're going to be all day there. This is also another way to really, you know, bring the kids in and and just give them an opportunity to not be uh, in the hubbub, you know, to have, like I said, It's air conditioned. The TVs are usually playing some cartoons, you know, something that can be entertaining, but just not overstimulating. Not that kids shouldn't have a good time, but I mean, I'm just saying that it it is a a way to really detach a little bit, regroup before going back out and, you know, and, and hitting all the fun things that the parks have.
0: Especially important, like maybe it's your checkout day, and you, right. maybe you can't go back to your hotel room because you exactly. had to check out by 11 a.m. or right. whatever, right. so you don't have, but your flight's not to the evening, so you still want to have some fun at the parks or whatever. Uh, you know, maybe that's important since you can't just go back to your room and rest up, get in the air conditioning right. there or whatever. It gives you another place to go to and right. still right. Be, enjoy the parks on your Maybe your last day of your trip or your first day for that matter, too. If you've right. checked in, your room isn't available That's yet. That's true. That's um, true. All these things uh, could be possibilities as well as just any general day at the park. Right. So,
1: so all you have to do is when you go in, get the, the guide map or if you're using the app, just look for the Baby Care Center. and you know, get or, hooked
0: up. Or just ask a cast member. That's because cast true. members are always that's willing true. to help. So and if they don't know, they'll ask somebody and find out from them. Right. And they'll point you in the right direction.
1: And one other little tidbit about that is that is the location, if they do find a lost child, mm. they'll bring the, the child to the baby care center. And so if you find your child missing, that, that's probably where they've gone. And... Uh, they'll will be cast members sticking around there but the baby care center does have cast members in there as well so you're not you're not just in a in a location that's just unattended that right. there's people there keeping things
0: Good to know. Yep. Good to know for sure and as always Michelle has the best <laughs> tips. Always the best tips. Michelle has the best tips. Now here's to my quick little lowly tip. Um, <laughs> I'm going to talk about, and we talked about a little bit ago about, and I couldn't remember the name, but uh, Disneyland and their Extra Magic Hours and the one I couldn't remember, Magic Mornings. And I just wanted to talk to a little bit about those just – not necessarily from actually taking advantage of them which is if you have the chance you absolutely should take advantage of them because yes it's very early in the morning but the, the amount of attractions you can get in during that time it's not like if you've been if you're used to the Walt Disney World resort sometimes the extra magic hours it, you know, there's so many uh, hotels resorts out there that there everybody is kind of going right. to that one spot so yes they're kind of nice but they're not as nice as you'll be considering there's only 3 Disneyland Resort Hotels, and of right. course, there's some people that can get in through the Magic Mornings as well. Uh, it really limits how many people can actually go to these attractions sure. on that day. So you can really get a lot done really early in the morning if you want go to go to these. So do take advantage of that. But more importantly, I want to talk about the if you don't have that option, if you're not staying at a Disneyland Resort Hotel, if you're just coming for the day, if you're staying uh, one of the uh, Disney-friendly Uh, the good neighbor hotels around, whatever the case may be. Um, and I do suggest you go in and try and hit rope drop. You can get the most done by rope drop. But if you're going to rope drop, go to the one that is the opposite of the one where they have the magic mornings (laughs) or the the extra magic hours. Because of the fact you're already behind the eight ball when you go to those parks, when you get in there. Even if you are there at rope drop, yes, it'll be a little bit better for you. But there will already be people in there that are lined up in the queues for these attractions, have gotten fast passes for these attractions. There are already people in the park, so look at the, the schedule. Look at the calendar, and if you see it's one of those mornings at that park, go to the other park. Good so point. So here's the days for those. Disneyland parks uh, ex, uh, early extra magic hours and magic mornings are Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Disney California Adventure Park are Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. So take advantage of it. Go early, but... Go to the opposite one. Believe me, it'll help you if you want, especially a rope drop. One of the things you do rope drop for is to get on these attractions and get on them quickly and try and get on several of them as, right. quick, as quick as you can. Uh, if you have people already in the park, kind of set you back a little bit in that regard. So, right. just look at the schedule and plan accordingly.
1: That's a great tip. That's yeah. a you know, it's not something that people would necessarily think about or being you know very intuitive. But that is a great tip.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. Yes. thank you. So next week, I actually don't know what we're going to do next week. Uh, I'd love to hear from you what, what you think our topic should be for next week. It's St. Patrick's Day, for one thing. If there's something you can think of Disney-wise related around that, we still have several Possible topics we could go over. I'm sure there'll be more Galaxy's edge news this week <laughs> that might take us up. But I'd be interested to know from you what we what we you like us to talk about, and then we're going to discuss it. We'll probably come up with a topic midweek ourselves. But if there's right. something you hit that might surprise us, I'd love for you to let us know, and and we'll maybe go from there.
1: Right. Well, and I actually have an idea, but ah, I'll let you know then. Okay. But I also want to put out on social media too to get some people to also give some some ideas because, like you said, we do have uh, multiple ideas. Ready to go for it, but uh, let's see. Let's see what some of the people what some of the people say.
0: Also uh, coming up here, and we're not starting it next week, but maybe the week after is that we're going to start counting down to Star Wars Episode Nine by doing a deep delve into all of the Star Wars movies that have ever come out i put it out there on twitter a poll a little bit ago if we should just focus on the skywalker saga movies or if we should add in some of these the other sort stories like solo and rogue one i came back that we should do them all so we're Yay! gonna do them all and it counts down every month but the question is what order do we put them in do we go chronological from the star wars universe oh. do we go release you know the film's um, it's really, so I'm going to be putting out a poll probably this week to try and figure out what order we should go in. So I'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you as far as what order you think we should go in as we delve into these. There's an argument for many different ways to approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to hear from you what you think is the best way. So please let us know that. And the best way you can get a hold of us and follow us and find out where this poll will be, which will be on Twitter, which is at Hyperion Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if we have an idea for our show for next week, or if you have an idea for how we should approach anything for that matter, including the Star Wars films that we're going to be looking at, uh, please email us, HyperionAdventuresPodcast at gmail.com.
1: Right. And so we do want to hear, you know, if you do reach out to us, we'd love to hear, you know, kind of the explanation of why you think we should go into a certain uh direction of how we do that rollout. So. Right.
0: Interesting. It's really interesting. Uh, I've run it through my head like a hundred different times and a hundred right. different ways of how to go in the order we should go in. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what you think and how we actually end up approaching it. So Anyway, we appreciate you found us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you find podcasts. We also have our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. Uh, We are on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Please subscribe to us there. It's the easiest way to get our podcast. Uh, We'd appreciate it if you tell a friend about us. That's the best way to get it out there is word of mouth. But also a a quick rating. Just click the stars in one of those sites. And if you have a little more time, a review will do wonderful things for people who don't know that we exist to help them find themselves.
1: Right. we really appreciate it. And we really appreciate your input. So...
0: Yes, we love all our Hyperion adventurers. Yes. we love you all. we appreciate that you listen to us uh, most weeks if not every week. we really love that so thank you so much so and thank you for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week yeah with whatever topic it may be we'll see But until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle and we hope that you have a magical week.